Hey, my name is Chris Brennan, and you're listening to the Astrology Podcast. In this episode, I'm going to be talking with Catherine Urban and Randon Rosenbaum, and we're going to be talking about the meaning and the characteristics or traits of the zodiac sign Libra. So, hey, welcome, both of you. Thanks for joining me today. Hey, Chris. Yeah, so today is, for the, the data junkies, is um, Sunday, October 16th, 2022, starting at 1.36 p.m. in Denver, Colorado. This is going to be episode 373 of the podcast, and this is going to be the seventh, I believe the seventh installment in my series on the signs of the Zodiac, where we're going to be doing a deep dive into the meaning of the Zodiac sign Libra. And what I've been doing with this series is I've been going around the community and, and collecting a series of astrologers that have strong or heavy placements in those signs in order to talk about their experience of those signs and their observations under the premise that that'll give them a little bit more insight into somebody that does not have um, those signs present or, or at least prominent in their birth chart. So what are both of your credentials? I think, Catherine, you are continuing my my trend of having astrologers with very large stelliums in certain signs. What's your what's your uh, situation there? Yeah, it's it's definitely a situation. So I've got a I got my IC, the south node and the sun all conjunct in the fourth house in Libra with the addition of Venus in Libra and Mercury in Libra. Whoa. Okay. That is a, that is a lot. That is not a something to laugh at in terms of, of stelliums. Do you mind if I show your chart? Are you comfortable sharing your chart data? Yeah, go for it. All right. So for those here, I'll show it for those watching the video version of this episode. Um, here's Catherine's chart. So for those listening to the audio version, we see the IC at one degree of Libra, the South node at two, the sun at three, Venus at 13 and Mercury at 28. So that is a, that's a full-blown stellium in the sign of Libra. Yeah. Proud to have, uh, Venus there as my one domiciled planet. So grateful, grateful for her. Nice, nice source of strength. Um, all right, Randon, what about you? What's your What's your Libra credentials? Um, I'm got the sun and a diurnal chart. So I'm a day chart with the sun and Libra and Jupiter as well. And it's in the 10th house, depending on the house system. So not as stelliumed out as Catherine, but I have, I have two planets. What's your birth date again? October 5th, 1993, 2 p.m. New Orleans. And Raiden, I think you mentioned that today the sun is conjunct your Jupiter. Yeah? Yeah, it is. It is. I think it's at 23 today. And Jupiter is about 23 in my chart. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice. Also having the, the fun uh, Jupiter opposition. And you have Jupiter in Aries too, I saw. So. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. I love that. So you, you have Capricorn rising and the sun at 12 Libra and Jupiter at... 22 in the 10th whole sign house. Mm -hmm. Nice. Um, all right. Well, those are pretty good credentials. I feel pretty good about this going into it. it sounds like a strong team for our seventh sign of the zodiac falling after uh, the Virgo episode where we had some super stelliums. So let me start sharing some graphics to orient us um, for people that are just joining us now for the first time for this series. So here's a diagram that shows the 12 signs of the zodiac and their different qualities and characteristics. 
So we started with Aries, which is the first sign that falls after the vernal equinox or the spring equinox in the uh, northern hemisphere. And now we're all the way to the other side with Libra, which is just after the fall equinox, which is the beginning of fall in the northern hemisphere. So in terms of stats, this is the symbol for Libra. Libra is the scales, um, and that's what the word actually means originally in Greek and Latin. Uh, Libra, in terms of stats, is said to be in traditional astrology a masculine or a diurnal sign. It's said to be an air or airy sign with the, the element of air in terms of the four elements of earth, air, fire, and water. And it's also said to be a cardinal sign in terms of modality and the three modalities of cardinal, fixed, and mutable. So in terms of rulerships, Libra is said to be the uh, home sign or the domicile of Venus. It's said to be the sign of the exaltation of Saturn, the sign of the detriment uh, or antithesis of, as I say sometimes, of Mars. And Libra is said to be the sign of the fall or the uh, depression of the sun. So those are some of the basic stats when it comes to Libra and talking about in terms of orienting us in terms of discussing what it means. Um, what is our starting point or where do we usually start with this sign in terms of trying to talk about its qualities and characteristics or what are some of the things that first come to mind for each of you when you start thinking of this sign? Well, usually when I think about any sign, I like to think about breaking it down, sort of how we just did. Like it's it's an air sign and understanding Libra as an air sign is going to tell us so much about what Libra is about because the air signs are the human signs. So if you look at all the different glyphs, all the different images for all 12 signs of the zodiac, um there are some that are animal like and there are some that are human-like. And even though even though Libra is actually not um, a human, it's considered a it's considered a human sign. And yeah, it's the only it's actually the only glyph in the zodiac that is an inanimate object, which is going to tell us a lot. Right, because it represents the scales uh, that you like weigh two things on. Yes. But just to finish the thought about it being a human sign. So the human signs really just uh, indicate that there's something really intellectual in terms of intelligence about the air signs, whereas some of the other zodiac signs, might there might be bodily intelligences that are coming to the fore. But for the air signs, there's a lot of intellectual intelligence that is really strong and really important for that sign. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. So it's an air sign. Um, and what about you, Randon? Where do you usually start when you think about this sign? Oh, okay. So Libra as a diurnal sign, I like to think of it as a like, diurnal Venus ruled sign, whereas the nocturnal Venus ruled sign would be Taurus. And so I think about it being um, related to the intellectual side of venus where it's more like um aesthetic harmony in like an informational way and not necessarily like aesthetic harmony in a totally physical way although i mean they're often one in the same um especially when related to the sun and things that are visual um That's i also really think of it yeah sorry <laughs> just in terms of relationships too of course 
that's a really good point and that ties directly in with what Catherine was saying in terms of being a human or being an air sign. So, uh, and this is the second of the air signs. Uh, the first time we encountered air signs was with was with Gemini, and there we got some of that, um, a lot of communication and a lot of social things coming to the forefront in terms of that archetype. So um, that's a good point that both of you are making that here with Libra, we get again a return to that of more of a social and communicative and sort of intellectual in some ways dynamic. Absolutely. Yeah. For Libra, it's just, you know, it's the first polarity that we really reach if we're starting the zodiac from Aries, and which is pretty standard, although some people would disagree. But yeah, it's our first polarity. So it's the first time through the order of the zodiac signs that there's this distinctive awareness of the other and one's relationship with the other. Mm. Yeah, especially because it's the polarity of. Aries and Libra and Aries is where the sun is exalted. And then as far away from that is Libra. So that's where we have the the fall or depression of the sun, right? And so I think I, I like to think of the sun and Saturn kind of existing in like opposite spheres and um, Saturn being like as far away from you and from the sun and from the ego as possible. And um, and that kind of uh, signification of Libra being relationships and like other people and things that are outside of us. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, just often contrasting the first sign of the zodiac Aries, which is ruled by Mars. It's a masculine cardinal fire sign or or diurnal, and then opposite to that is Libra, which is ruled by Venus, which has many. Um, contrasting significations from Mars um, and is also an air sign. And in the traditional or the ancient Stoic qualities, um, air was said to be cold. And that's why the air signs are opposite to the fire signs that are said to be hot so that there can be this um, polarity or this tension between the, the signs that are in opposition where they're coming from sort of opposite ends of a spectrum. Um, and um, in researching this episode, Camille Michelle Gray helped to do a lot of the research, uh, helped me to sort of prepare for this episode, and she tried to compare some keywords for Aries and to contrast those with some keywords for Libra. And I wanted to read some of those really quickly because I thought it was a good sort of starting point to lay a foundation for some of the sort of tensions between them, but also how they're sort of two sides to the same coin. So Aries. A keyword for Aries is I, and the keyword for Libra is you. A keyword for Aries is independence, opposite to Libra, which can be interdependence. Aries can be that you can go faster alone, whereas Libra might say that you can go further together. Aries is hothead, uh, Libra is cool headed, Aries is direct, Libra tends to be a little bit more indirect. Aries sometimes can signify things like war, whereas Libra contrasts with peace. Aries can be more like my way or the highway, whereas Libra can say, why can't we all just get along? Aries is brash. Libra is charming. Aries is lone wolf. Libra is collaborating. Aries is the agitator, while Libra is the diplomat. Aries is selfish sometimes, while Libra can sometimes be more selfless. 
Aries can sometimes indicate things like autocracy, whereas Libra might indicate democracy. Aries can be more self-sufficient, whereas Libra can sometimes be more codependent. Aries can be more demand, whereas Libra might be more defer. And Aries, as a keyword, maybe to do what scares you versus Libra might be more to do what pleases you. Um, although that brings up some interesting things in terms of the contrast between Taurus and Libra. But yeah, so that's maybe a starting point for talking about that opposition between Aries and uh, Libra and some of those contrasts that both of you were talking about. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, I love what Randon was saying about the sun being exalted in Aries and being in its being in its fall in Libra. And just to bring that into like the seasonal understanding, because you know Western astrology was developed in the Northern Hemisphere, so part of what informed these ideas was what was going on in, in their immediate environment. And with Aries, um, with the sun increasing in light in Aries and bringing warmth, it was simultaneously making it the days shorter and colder in Libra, which is Saturn has that association with cold. So uh, just to bring that connection in more with Saturn there, having its exaltation in Libra, but having its fall in Aries. So that's part of the rationale behind that. Uh, also thinking seasonally, if if it's warmer, um, you you kind of can be more independent. And if it's colder, we kind of need a collective and uh, other people to, to help us get by, I think. Totally. Totally. Mm, that's a good point. Um, and, and also the contrast is the um, increase of the days where in both signs, the days and nights are equal around the time of the uh, spring equinox and the fall equinox, the days and nights are exactly the same length. But at the time of Aries, the days start getting longer. So the daylight starts kind of winning out and there's like an increase in that. And that's one of the reasons why the sun gets exalted in Aries Whereas um, it, at the fall equinox, they're equal, but the nights start getting longer. So the nighttime starts winning out, and that contrasting um, nighttime force starts becoming more dominant than, than the daytime force. And I think that's the other reason why the sun is said to have its fall uh, or depression in the sign of Libra, whereas Saturn, um, which is the, the darkest and the slowest of the visible planets, is said to be exalted in Libra. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and something that's kind of fun that I really like about just they say that on the equinoxes you can balance an egg. It's like the two days of the year that you can balance an egg, and Libra being the sign of balance and the scales, it's pretty neat. You should try it sometime. Right. Have you tried it? No. <laughs> <laughs> but I should. <laughs> yeah. So um yeah, so balance and sometimes one of the themes that comes up with Libra is wanting to balance the scales when things become unbalanced. And um, I think that's one of the ways that the contrast is set up with Aries because Aries will sort of dive in head first and will go it alone and will sometimes act as that disruptive influence that shakes things up. Um, but sometimes Libra's tendency is to want to rebalance things or 
make them more even or equitable again when something's been unbalanced? Yeah, I was thinking about this today, actually, and how um, like sort of bringing in the quality of Gemini and how Gemini is really good at juggling a bunch of different things at once. As, personally, as Libra, I'm not that great at juggling like I can. But where I strive to bring balance in is, for example, like my homework life balance. Um, I try to bring in balance like as a whole. So it's not so much of a juggle. It's really trying to say like, okay, I've been I've been working too much. Now I need to bring in some play or I've been playing too much. I need to focus a little bit more. So I think Libra's trying to bring in balance in that regard is important. Mm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, so balance and um, what are some of the other ways? Because we've, we've talked about how uh, it's more Libra is more of a social sign, and sometimes having social decorum or social balance can be very important to Libra in some ways, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Libra is ruled by Venus, and Venus, as we know, is a sign of creating harmony, and Venus is also related is is connected with relationships. So relationships are a really big deal for Libra. And something that Libra tends to be really good at is reading the room. Libra can just like has a way of picking up on social cues that maybe um, don't come as naturally to other people. And Libra just has this natural understanding of, you know, like when it's someone else's turn to speak, for example, or um, like Libra tends to be conscious of like not sucking all the air out of the room. And Libra also just like if, if we're using like an example at a party, like Libra knows how to work the room. Libra knows how to like talk to everyone for a little bit and uh, knows how to like mingle and socialize. Mm, mingling. That's a really good Libra keyword. Yeah, I um, I think a difference between maybe an Aries, whatever placements and Libra, whatever placements is um, kind of at a restaurant or or for example, at a restaurant, for example, um, if you're waiting for the check, I, I would just sit there and like wait <laughs> for the, for the waiter to just bring the check and an Aries, for example, would, I don't care what the, what the waiter's doing. I'm going to interrupt them and just be like, hello. Right. Can I get the check right now? I need to go. Oh my yeah, yeah. gosh. They would like demand like, where's the check? Why haven't you brought it to us yet? Versus They're carrying like a ton of plates, like right. <laughs> super busy. Right. Yeah. have, have you ever been in a situation where you're like cringing? Cause the people are like being so rude and they don't think that they're being rude, but as a Libra, you're like, oh my gosh, that's so rude. Every day of my life. <laughs> yeah. Every so that, day. That's a good point. So Libra sometimes has an aversion to rudeness or an aversion, an aversion to being rude, which is like an aspect of that sort of social consciousness of not necessarily wanting to disrupt things or wanting to to maybe an extension of wanting to create harmony in some ways. Yeah, social harmony for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's both. Like I think, you know, Libra has this reputation for being like so friendly that it comes off as superficial for other people and I think it's I think it's twofold where I think Libra is genuinely nice. Like Libra is genuinely 
very friendly. You know, Venusian wants to create harmony, wants to find a way for us all to win, wants to find a way for us all to be content. You know, Libra is because of that awareness of the other. There's an extreme discomfort sometimes when other people are not having a good time, for example. But I think also kindness, especially as as Libra gets more practice moving through life, it, it becomes like a strategic thing too. Because I mean, Libra, like you can, I think naturally we are just like really patient, really friendly, really good natured. But at a certain point, you know, you learn like you have to bring in that Aries counterbalance or else people can take advantage of your kindness or they can mistake your kindness for weakness as well. Or you just wait for the check for like two hours and never pay and just, no, nothing (laughs) happens because you're waiting for someone else to do it. Right. If you don't have an Aries sitting with you to flag someone down, <laughs> you could be there all night. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Um, one of the things we've talked about in this series is the almost what I've called the corrective quality that each sign of the Zodiac has over the sign that came before it. And it's been really interesting seeing the alter- alternation between one sign signifying something very strongly, and then the next sign after that um, counterbalancing it in some way. And so I'm trying to think of what the counterbalance is between some of the significations of Virgo, the sign immediately before Libra versus Libra itself, or where Libra excels in a way that maybe counterbalances something that Virgo did too much of. Um, One of the things I'm thinking about is that Virgo is a much more intellectual sign that was focused on like details and data and sort of the analysis or analytics of that data. Whereas I don't get the same sense from Libra that Libra might be more concerned in some ways with aesthetics or something like that. And it uh, one of the contrasts I've come up with over the past month that I've mentioned before is um, some people when they have like a, a bookshelf will arrange it according to like subject or alphabetically by like author or by title or something like that versus somebody who might arrange their bookshelf based on like the colors of the books so that it does it's not like arranged according to the content of um you know what the book is about or something like that but simply due to the aesthetics of how it looks on their bookshelf and how that alters their sort of like home vibes and things like that. And I, I tend to think that the people that might arrange things according to the aesthetics might be more people with the heavy uh, Libra placements rather than the other approach being more of a Virgo uh, approach to things. What do you what do you two think of that? I have Venus and Virgo. I can't claim that. I if I see books arranged by color, I lose my mind. Okay. But yeah, yeah. I definitely appreciate what you're saying with the aesthetic sort of arrangement, but I I can't claim it. Yeah, I I agree. I have a bookshelf downstairs and like there's a section for like big books and then there's I have like smaller books and so it kind of depends. Like there's like a it definitely has to look good. Like there definitely has to be a balance going on as well as function. So that's that's how it is for me, but in terms of like the corrective function. I I do think that Virgo 
it's also a human sign. It's also a very cerebral sign. It's an analytical sign and, but it's mutable. So a lot of times Virgo can sort of get stuck in the loop of trying to make things so conceptually perfect in, in their mind before, before they make a move. Whereas, you know, Libra is a cardinal sign and Libra also understands, I think partially because of the opposition with Aries, there is like this understanding of like ingenuity and you know what, this is good enough. Like Libra wants things to be polished. Libra wants things to look good, but like, it's like a little bit of texture or just like one little thing like out of place can, can sort of bring the whole thing into cohesion. Like if it's too polished, it's, I don't know. I I don't think Libra waits for it to be too polished necessarily. Mm, That makes sense. That's a really good point that, that Liga, uh, Virgo might be paralyzed sometimes by the over attachment on the um, details and the data uh, and the attempt to achieve perfection, whereas um, perhaps Libra has a better approach to, or at least ability to let go of some of that stuff because it's a cardinal sign and to just like initiate what needs to be initiated uh, as part of that. Yeah, because I think Saturn being exalted in Libra too, like there's this understanding about time and like, all right, like I got to, I got to get it out that I got to get it to the printer or I got to turn this paper in. Like, I'm not going to sit here and agonize over it any longer. I think speaking as someone who has a Virgo planet, like (laughs) I can kind of tell which is, which is steering the ship. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe not necessarily like the physical, like aesthetic of information or like the way that the books look, but like uh, maybe like this the social uh, understanding of the books. Uh, so Mercury and Virgo would be like, here's here's the data set, and then Mercury and Libra would be like, these are the people that it affects, and this is. This is how it plays out, like in s- social situations. Yeah. Yeah. Or, or this is how you present the data in order to make people care. Uh, versus, if you just throw a, a mound of like numbers at people, like nobody's gonna actually read that and pay attention to it. Um, sort of in the way where like social media or Instagram or things like that, people have like learned how to present information in a way that's more approachable and impactful because part of doing that is being cognizant of humans and how humans like think and react to information um, and how sometimes there can be i don't want to say a superficial quality there's probably like a synonym for that that's better but that humans can react sometimes much more to the aesthetics and how something is presented than they do the data or the information itself absolutely absolutely yeah. All right. So that's bringing out some of the the Venusians or the creative side of Libra, some of the social um, part. Um, one of the things that often gets mentioned is that Libra, in that way, socially can be very charming, and that there can be like a very positive, like charming side of Libra. Um, but also there can be, from a social perspective, like knowing when to turn on the charm and being able to like use charm almost. I don't want to say as a as a weapon, but as something that is like a tool in their kit that they excel at, maybe more than 
other signs, like knowing how to be charming in some ways? Absolutely. Yeah. Again, I think it, I think it's both like it's a natural inclination that Libras have. Like I've been in situations too, especially having like a past life in customer service where, you know, you're supposed to be nice to people, right? Like I was a hairstylist and, um, people come in and you want to make them feel comfortable in in your chair. And, you know, I, I know that people who work in like restaurants and stuff like that um, deal with this too, where sometimes you're too nice and, and the person thinks that, you, that the person mistakes it for flirting. And it's like, no, sorry, I'm just just trying to do my job. You know what I mean? Um, so in that instance, it, it's natural, but it is also a tool, you know, like, you know, you want to get a good tip at the end of the haircut, I guess. Uh, but going back to Libra as... Um, the symbol of the scale, you know, the scale is a tool. <laughs> the The scale is a tool of measurement. And um, I think it is like a symbol of, of human progress, actually. But yeah, because it's, it's an invention. It's a piece of technology, which has a lot of overlap with the air element being something that connects people and technology. But to speak about kindness as, as a tool, like absolutely there's, I think Libra understands that this is an asset and it, in you can, you can do a, kindness can take you pretty far, you know? And, um, like I said, you can use it as like a strategic tool, but I think it also is just a natural, a way of expressing. Yeah, I, I liked what you said going back to what you're saying about being a hairstylist, because uh, that's a really good example and analogy because it doesn't just involve um, doing somebody's hair, but there's actually like a good deal of like talking and developing an interpersonal relationship between the hairstylist and their client and, and an exchange, a social and communicative exchange that goes on there that's actually very important as part of the person's job. And it's part of what keeps people coming back in addition to just doing a good job with their hair, but that you've actually built some sort of social connection with them at the same time. And that there's a, almost like a, at least the, not illusion, but at least the, um, the idea of some sort of like friendship or something that you've developed between the person that's like offering something and their, their clients. A hundred percent. Yeah. Leaving hair to do astrology full time, of course, was a dream. But the hardest part was saying goodbye to all my awesome clients that I'd built relationships with over the years. And I, I once worked at this small salon and over half of us were Libras because, yeah, Libra is, it is a sign that tends to do well in the beauty industry where you're socializing, you're interfacing with people. And you have to have like an understanding for like color and placement and form. So going back to like the design and the aesthetic elements of, of Libra too. Right. Sometimes, uh, sometimes instead of using Astro Data Bank, which is an amazing resource with just the interface is also incredible. Um, I'll be lazy and use famousbirthdays.com org or whatever website it is. And I went to see famous Libra artists. And I mean, their data is like what, I don't know, has to do with very, very, very right now, contemporary famous Libra artists. And 
most of the famous Libra artists were makeup artists and um, these sorts of bloggers or vloggers that do makeup. And um, yeah, I think working in um, like the sort of cosmetology field is pretty Libra. Yeah. And I think anything to do with like design, um, like, um, yeah, like whether it's home decor or whether it's like digital design that people do, um, I think Libras tend to do really well in, in that area, just working with color and the balance of color and just understanding how like the big picture and how everything sort of works together cohesively. It's something Libra just naturally has a knack for. In fact, something, something I get a lot of good feedback on, and it's, it's not something I necessarily go out of my way to do. It's just something, it's just part of what makes my work more enjoyable is people like the colors I use or like the imagery that I use um, when I'm sharing like astrological content. And it's just, it's just something that I'm just naturally drawn to. I like color as a Libra and, um, yeah, it's just, and I see that a lot with my, my astrology clients too. Like if I'm reading for someone and they have like a really strong Venus placement, their background is colorful. They have, they have some like color, they have a lot of color going on despite like the trends right now, which are like very Saturn, Capricorn, Aquarius, which has been like those gray tones. Yeah, pretty bleak. <laughs> Things that are designed to look like hotel or sad to me. Yeah. <laughs> Needs color for sure. Maybe when Saturn goes into Pisces, we'll get some color back. <laughs> yes. Well, it's interesting how um, I was watching a video recently on like interior design and how interior design trends change and shift from decade to decade. And, and one of the things they were emphasizing is how there are certain things that are trendy now and that are really popular. And like a lot of people will take part in that trend and like take design elements to decorate their home from and copy in that trend. But then he was warning about what trends will stick around versus which ones will look totally dated in like five or 10 years from now that you probably don't want to do. And it was interesting, the idea that sometimes fashion or design trends come in and become really popular for a time but then eventually when something becomes too popular there's something that rises up against it as a counter trend in order to to push back or reject against that and it makes me think of of some of that libraness at the same time yeah yeah it's it's uh i'm always thinking like a sun saturn sort of opposition and i do think libras are Libras and Aquariuses are kind of usually because of the Saturnian nature of being like on the pushback of the trend cycle, they often become like the initiators of the trend mm. itself. So um, like Avril Lavigne, for instance, uh, everybody was kind of, I don't know, I was really young. Everyone was like, wearing like skate shoes and like ties or uh, I don't know it, they, they become like kind of mall trends as well um like Bella Hadid uh somehow made like a, a what the hair clip the just oh, the, like a hair clip yeah the claw clip yeah like she somehow made that a trend even though it's been around forever um or like 
yeah, even like headphones over the ear, like headphones with a wire, like just really mundane things like skate shoes or whatever that become trendy because like some famous Libra is like, this is great. This trickles down. I like that. That's a great um, combination then of both like the artistic Venusian side of Libra, but also the cardinal side and that idea that cardinal signs, like Catherine was saying earlier, are they tend to initiate things. So in a Libran context, we're sometimes talking about being like the trendsetters and the ones that are like leading a trend or like know what's trendy or are very conscientious of what the current trends are. Um, and you mentioned Avril Levine, who's a famously a sun, a sun sign Libra. And there's another famous sun sign Libra, which is Kim Kardashian, who's probably who has the sun and Pluto and Saturn in the 10th or 11th whole sign house with Sagittarius rising in a, in a day chart and is very much, um, you know, involved in things like beauty and fashion, uh, types, types of things. Um, and also being on top of different trends and different social media trends and things like that. Kind of setting a lot of, a lot of the trends and a lot of just what we see in everyday fashion, I think is really strongly influenced by Kim Kardashian. Libra knows right. what looks good. Libra knows what looks good. And, and maybe has an eye for what looks good that's up and coming and a, maybe a tendency to jump on that um, and know how to maybe execute it or do it well, which might be another part of the Saturn type uh, thing there. Because Saturn usually... Um, tries to do things well uh, is an interesting thing about Saturn. So it's interesting, Kim Kardashian also having Saturn in that sign. She also has Saturn in Libra. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what I was saying. Uh, she has Saturn in Libra and the Sun in Pluto in Libra. Jeez. Yeah. So, um, okay, so those are really good. And we're focusing on some of the, the aesthetics, beauty, social media trends, being trendsetters is a really good thing. Um, there's also, though, we've talked a little bit about the social component um, of Libras, and sometimes that can be a major factor as well. Um, one of the more famous Libra sons recently is um, AOC, uh, who we have birth time for, and that was one of the chart examples that Camille Michelle Gray pointed out to me, um, who is you know, a politician and an activist that pushes for more progressive and sort of inclusive policies on a local and on a national level. And that might be uh, you know, an interesting additional variation of, of some of those archetypes that we're talking about in terms of social consciousness. Oh my gosh, yeah. Libra like is the sign of the politician, <laughs> basically. Uh, it's the sign. It's the sign of justice, law and order. You know, I think that that's a pretty much like the strongest actualization of Saturn being exalted in Libra is like making the rules and 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 creating consequences ideally that are fair. You know, we think about astrology and how it was developed, and um, you know, the ancient Greeks really just like brought astrology. They coalesced it into the system that we still work with today, and they were. They were like one of the, I, I want to say first, but one of one of the oldest societies that we can look at as democratic, and um, yeah, and like Libra being like the sign of the scale and fairness, um, 
like I said, this was a tool like to make sure that we were paying a fair price for something. The scale was actually developed in ancient Egypt as a way to be like an impartial judgment of, you know, how much something was owed or how much something was was worth. And so this scale sort of goes on to be a symbol of of civility, of civilization, of um, being rational, of being fair, of being moral. And so we get all these politicians that embody these Libra qualities and some of that more Saturnian energy really comes through because, well, to be a politician, you have to be well-liked enough to get elected, but there is something more like of that iron fist in the velvet glove quality that a lot of politicians have. So AOC is one, but there are so many others. There's like Margaret Thatcher, Bill Clinton, Jimmy Carter, the Bushes both had Libra placements. And right now, um, yeah, Vice President Kamala Harris has, is a Libra son, too. So lots of lots of politicians with Libra. Let me share her chart really quickly. So there's Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who has the sun, Mars, the midheaven, and Mercury all in Libra. And it's opposite to the moon, which is in Aries, because she was born just about a day before a full moon. Oh, yeah. I I love the fire that comes out in her chart, too. But it's like the Libra energy is just sort of like driving the ship. You know, her Libra sun is behind it all, like having this innate sense of of fairness. Yeah, well, but also the Mars there, there's like a moral outrage sometimes when things are in her view like unbalanced or when there's injustices taking place she's very uh forthright as a sun mars or a mercury mars conjunction about like calling stuff out and pushing back when um there are especially like social or political injustices taking place she seems very like forward about um you know saying what she thinks about those things um, even if it's like not super polite or or what have you. Yeah. And something else that we're, that is sort of coming to my mind here with Mars having its detriment in Libra, that sort of helps us to understand what Libra is about too, where, you know, if Mars has like a certain level of discomfort in the sign of Libra, it's because, you know, Libra is Venus's territory. Like we're trying to bring things into cohesion. We're trying to get everyone, we're trying to find a solution that is like a win-win. You know, Libra wants to win too. They just want everyone else to win as well. Um, but yeah, with Mars in Libra, I think it's actually a wonderful place for politicians because typically as a politician, you know, you can't do that sort of like, Mars and Aries go for the gullet type thing. Like you have to have like an art of delivery. There has to be um like maybe in like um like a very polished way of of confront of confrontation. And so yeah, like Mars in, in Libra, I think of like the lawyer who manipulates the words in order to get somebody to see things from another way. Yeah, that's a really Good point. Um, Brandon, did you have something you were going to say? Yeah. I mean, just thinking about Libra as the sign of democracy and, okay, this is kind of like populism or 
mean, democracy and populism, of course, are different. But um, okay, what what are we all going to vote on? Who uh, what everyone votes on is is uh, coming together under this one decision. This one kind of like the scales finally way out in one way or another. And and I mean, like that decision isn't always going to be making everyone happy. It's just like sort of like the middle ground that, um, yeah, that kind of makes politicians uh, often like a scapegoat or, or whatever for people's frustrations if, um, if the, the democratic choice doesn't go their way. But um, yeah, I mean, I think democracy is not always uh, exactly fair. Um, and I think Scorpio, right, would add like maybe like a sort of emotional uh, like finality where uh, like justice, right, and in Libra's court wouldn't necessarily mean uh, total fairness or not necessarily fairness, but closure. Like you can have a... Uh, a final jurisdiction on something and just never feel closure because it's just impartial justice. It's done with a scale. These are the rules and, and it's not going to make people happy all the time. So I think democracy is actually really a controversial topic. And I think that's also why Libras catch a lot of heat. Um, and, and also there've been like a lot of Libras that are just controversial or uh, not everybody's cup of tea because democracy and fairness isn't going to make everyone happy. Mm, yeah. Uh, so going back to what, what you said, Catherine, I think one of the issues with Mars and Libra is, you know, when Mars is in its own sign of Aries, it's like handed a sword and just said, this is how you accomplish what you, what you want to do. Whereas when Mars is in Libra, Mars is handed like, a bouquet of flowers and said like this is what you this is your tool to accomplish like what you have to do and that's mm -hmm. like not the weapon that mars is like used to wielding most of the time in order to get things done it's used to like you know being able to cut and slash and like hack its way towards its goals but with libra it has to use something else it has to use other tools like charm or persuasion or words or um negotiation and social contract and um, you know, offers of diplomacy and things like that, which can, you know, be effective things to do in order to accomplish goals, but it's much different than how Mars is like normally inclined to act. Yeah. Like it's, it would be so much more efficient, you know, Mars and Aries to have this sword and just go out there and take, take what you think you deserve, you know? Um, but you're going to make some enemies in that way. And, and Aries might be, Aries, like as an archetype, might be more comfortable doing that. Whereas Libra, it's it's they're not comfortable doing that. And also it's a strategy. It's a very strategic thing. So I I have this book and it's called The 48 Laws of Power. And there's oh. like this whole section about it's like a it's like a bestseller. Um it's such a Libra book, I think. It is. It is Isn't such it? a Libra book. It is such like a Mars and Libra book because. Also, or what do you both? Why do you both say that? It's a Robert Greene's famous book, Forty Eight Laws of Power. Yeah, it's like the art of strategy. So, like, there's a story in there, for example, about like this 
emperor that comes to power and it's pretty normal for them to just kill everyone who opposed them. So instead, he does this strategy where he instead hires them to work closely with him and they know that he's saved their lives. So they're like actually more loyal to him. So it's it's like strategy. I think, too, um, there was a story about the Trojan horse and how, you know, during the Trojan War, they had it was like a 10 year war and they were, the armies were both like evenly matched. And so they were just killing each other like everyone was just dying and no one was making any progress in the war. So that's why the Greeks were like, well, let's send them a gift. Let's build this little horse. And it's kind of like a Libra thing <laughs> where it's like, here's this pretty horse, like put it inside of your walls. And then, you know, Mars and Libra comes out and slaughters everybody and they won. But like the issue that the Greeks had was they were like, this isn't manly enough. And they were kind of against it, but they were like, you know, don't you want to win? So that's an instance where, you know, like a Mars and Libra st strategic move, you're not going straight for the gullet, but it can be very effective. You just have, it has to work a little bit harder to bring about that result. Yeah, definitely. Like a fighting, like proxy wars almost like, um, I didn't do it like someone else is doing it. Maybe Mars and Libra could be a good strategy for them. And I think like the 48 laws, laws of power has a lot of uh, content kind of like always have someone else do it for you or, um, you know, you never really reveal like all of your intentions or um, kind of keep your keep your friends close, but your enemies closer kinds of things. Like it's, it's really, um, it's kind of a controversial book, but it's pretty Libran in this way. Totally. A hundred percent agree. And that's another sort of Libra stereotype of like getting other people to do things for you, like the power of suggestion or like making it someone else's idea versus instead of saying, Hey, I want you to help me with this, or I, I want you to um, collaborate with me. You know, the Libra art of suggestion is saying, you know, this is why it'll benefit you. And um, maybe, you, maybe you give them a bunch of compliments first before you ask the favor. I think it's just like a Libra sort of way of exchanging like, hey, I appreciate you. I want, I want you to do, do something for me. Uh, but yeah, I think that that's like a Libra stereotype there. I mean, like, why, why does etiquette exist? Like, I'm, there are all these rules of, of the correct, proper way of doing things. And it's, I don't know. Etiquette. Yeah. Social, social cues, social order. Um, yeah. Like thinking about Libra as like a sign of civility, like the, the Greeks, they thought that like Mars was really brash and like the whole idea of like manners, like if you've seen like movies from like medieval times and people just sort of sitting around a table and just like gobbling up food. And, yeah. and then like you think Nasty. about, yeah. And then you think about like more of like a, a set table and people saying please and thank you and please pass me this. And you have the napkin on your lap. Like that's more of like a Libra thing and like who who created all these social rules but it is like a very saturn and libra thing like setting expectations and um 
having like a um like a set of yeah like a set of expectations for how you're supposed to behave in a social situation and then i guess the 48 laws of power are like how do we exploit these rules for our own gain which would be kind of libra and i think if you're looking at all these like uh famous uh politicians or people who have prominent libra placements like you know putin or uh thatcher or whoever else um yeah kind of using their knowledge of social cues to have the upper hand um or to initiate their will or whatever they want it to happen the symbol for libra might as well be a chess piece yeah mm, i like that that's a good one um yeah and, and bill clinton is one of the most famous sort of 20th century examples of a Libra stellium where he had the Ascendant, Mars, Neptune, Venus, and Jupiter all in Libra in the first whole sign house. Um, so, and and yeah, using some of those things to his advantage and like knowing how to use social cues as well as charm. Like one of the things they always say about like when he was first running for president and back during his political days was people would say that when you're in his presence, even if you didn't like him politically, that he was tremendously charming as a person and that there was something about um, him that uh, was sort of just like charismatic in, in, in that way. Um, so, and then it's interesting, you were both mentioning Robert Greene. We don't have a birth time for him, but it's interesting that all three of his book titles um, relate potentially to like Libra keywords. So it's like the 48 laws of power. So laws one of them is the 33 strategies of war. So it's not just war itself, it's like strategies of war. And then finally, one of his books was The Art of Seduction. So seduction is another interesting like Libra type type keyword. Sounds like and he art. has, yeah. Right. <laughs> Sounds like he has some Libra placements. <laughs> he must. Yeah, potentially. And then, and then going back to something you were saying earlier, Randon, one of the contrasts at this point that we might come up with with libra versus scorpio um scorpio being the sign that follows after libra and therefore there must be some corrective function or something that scorpio balances out um that's different from libra one of the things i was thinking about when you're talking about that is scorpio tends to focus very much on um depth and creating like a depth of feeling and depth of an emotion and I think one of the corrective functions it might be having is that sometimes Libra, while social and wanting to create connections between people, um, it can be similar in some ways to Gemini in that it can be more of like a social butterfly and that it's like creating these short-term or sometimes occasionally somewhat shallow relationships with like a bunch of different people, but it's not necessarily like going super into depth with any one of those per se. Um, and that could be something that Scorpio is a fixed water sign ruled by Mars um, is is almost like overcorrecting or balancing out from Libra. Yeah, I mean, it's the revenge after the verdict. It's like, oh, I didn't <laughs> I didn't I didn't like what the judge said. So then I like went and got revenge kind of. Mm. I okay. like it. I like For it. closure. Yeah. Sure. I like what you were saying there, Chris, and I think another maybe corrective one, too, is like with Libra trying to balance things out so much, it can maybe spread itself a little too thin, trying to 
keep everything in perfect harmony and balance. Whereas Scorpio isn't afraid to go to an extreme, isn't afraid to like let their passions sort of drive their ship and say, you know, maybe I don't have time for everything or everyone, but these hand, this handful of people and like this thing are what I'm going for. Yeah, that makes sense. So Libra and trying to keep things balanced sometimes can spread things out quite a bit. Um, versus Scorpio's tendency might be to, you know, unbalance the scales and to go to such an extreme um, that might be very different compared to what Libra would be useful or or would feel appropriate in terms of going that far. Yeah, and I think Libra does care what other people think. Like Libra does want to be liked, and maybe I don't know. Maybe you could answer, Chris. <laughs> you're a Scorpio, but yeah, it's like, I don't know if Scorpio cares as much, um, as Libra about what people think of them, you know? Yeah. I think well, one of the funny contrasts that that immediately makes me think of is like the, somebody that has a lot of Scorpio placements and has like, let's say like a goth aesthetic, which let's say most people might find like off-putting or something like that, or that Libra might find off-putting. Um, but that Scorpio almost like revels in that, in doing the thing that seems odd or strange or dark or uh, morose isn't the right keyword, but something sort of in that sort of general field. Um, and that that's also a very contrasting with Libra. And um, it's more uh, sort of harmonious aesthetic inclinations. Definitely. Yeah, I think that that's one of the criticisms against Libra is because Libra does care about presentation and and of course like understanding how things are going to be received or perceived that can be an asset for Libra you know that can be something that is strategic for them in that cardinal sort of yeah they're ca cardinal like Capricorn like that climbing sort of way that Libra does care about um but it can also sort of temper things down too much, like dilute, dilute the potency a little bit when Libra tries to be liked by everyone, you know, then it, they sort of lose themselves and they lose that spark that makes them special. I think that's part of why the sun has its fall in Libra too, is that sometimes watering things down too much for the sake of being well-received or well-liked, it sort of loses that, that individual potency. And right. yeah, that, that is something that Oh, go go ahead. Right. If you're if you're too preoccupied with what other people think, then your own light may not have a chance to shine through as much as as it would otherwise. Yeah. Yeah. And um yeah, and I think that that is something that Libra struggles with at some point, especially Libra Sun um people is like um, you know, Choose, choosing to just be yourself, you know, because I, I know that that was something I struggled with when I was younger is just like, you know, you sort of um, start defining yourself by who you are to other people. And eventually, you know, that can change. But I think that's something that Libra can struggle with. And that's one way that we see Libra having its sun in fall or depression. Hmm. Well, I'm thinking about this like in contrast to Aquarius and Aquarius is so much like, oh, I'm, I'm myself and no one else. And like, I'm like an individuality, uh, complex almost about them. Um, but I think 
Yeah, being social air signs. Aquarius is also a social sign, right? Yeah. It's a person. Um, it's still, somehow that self is defined by the relationship to the other people, to society, to culture. Um, being countercultural is like such like an important part of being an Aquarius, I think. Um, sorry if, for any Aquarius is listening and want to disagree with me right now but <laughs> no i I'm agree sure there's a lot of aquariuses that would disagree with you on principle but that's the point um yeah <laughs> the you know aquarius being the sign opposite to leo where the sun has its detriment or its antithesis um and yeah aquariuses do want to oftentimes stand out by setting themselves apart and like standing out from the crowd by doing the thing sometimes by rejecting social convention can be a very Aquarius and Saturn type thing, with Saturn being the traditional ruler of Aquarius. Um, whereas Libra seems like it's not usually it's not rejecting social convention, but instead it's like embracing social convention or sometimes being the one that's like establishing even what the social convention is. Right, because of the Venusian influence there. Whereas, yeah, Aquarius would be like, I don't fit in and I love it. Libra would be like, I don't fit in and I'm in hell. Like I really, right. <laughs> yeah. I'm wearing the wrong thing right now. Like I can't believe I showed up looking like this, you know? I yeah. think Libra gets that like stereotypical, like popular girl. You know what I mean? Like the girl who like we see in movies where, you know, you can't sit with us if you're not dressed a certain way or, you know, Lib Libra sort of gets that archetype and um, that's sort of one of the, I guess, negative connotations of Libra is like that superficiality. But again, it's, it's not, it's not always like coming from a place of superficiality necessarily. It's like, um, yeah, like trying to, trying to be, trying to be like, something to everybody yeah and then just kind of again like losing substance in the process exactly can be tough can be a challenge being a libra mm -hmm. yeah but, so what go ahead uh, i was gonna say but i like that um bringing in that connection with aquarius because when i think about the human signs and technology and innovation. I th I think there's a lot of confusion about the Aquarius symbol and one of the things that stands out to me is that, you know, this is a man carrying an urn of water and bringing it back to society and I think that th that is a piece of technology, like a vase that can that can hold water and bring it away from the water away to somewhere else cuz for eons, you know, humans had to live on a water source or die, you know? And so to, to develop like this piece of pottery that can transport water or, you know, even looking at ancient like Greece and Egypt, the aqueducts, the symbol of the aqueducts is also like technology, the ability to transport water and Libra being a scale, which is also like a human invention, which is, which is pretty fascinating. So I think that there's definitely a connection there on like intellect as like, the thing that sets us apart from the animal kingdom. And that's why, you know, we are the human signs. Mm -hmm. Doesn't Mercury play a role in like this 
all of this somehow. It's like a triplicity ruler. Is this getting too technical? No, I think that connects all three of the signs that we're talking about. Because it's one of the things we do in this series is, you know, kind of do what we've been doing, which is like talking about the sign and its qualities in its own terms, but then also by comparison with similar qualities that other signs have or by contrasting uh, different qualities that the sign doesn't have. So it seems like at this point, we're really talking about the entire triplicity. And that's a good point that both of you are making that the all three of the triplicity signs, there's almost a, there's like a technological component of, of like using technology as a tool in order to um, establish or, or accomplish different things. Yeah. To like advance, to advance um, society in some way, like, you know, going from um, like a, like I just think of of Libra as being like the social order that's sort of advanced civilization, and then Aquarius being like the infrastructure, like being able to take that and apply it to like a system or a society. Um, so yeah, definitely social awareness is like a huge thing for the air element for sure. Yeah, yeah. I, and I feel like Libra kind of. Uh, if we're thinking about like the zodiac images, what is Gemini's tool? It's like once we hit Libra, we have the scale, and then with Aquarius, we have a, a vase. But Gemini just they have relationship between people, they have each other. It's like I feel like once we hit the cardinal air sign, something happens. We're doing uh, something with it. We're doing something with with the air. Yeah. Um, whereas I, before with Gemini, the first air sign, there's really just kind of like the the element of air itself. I don't know. The curiosity. Or just words. I mean, Gemini sometimes yeah. is, is words, is what it has both as a good thing as well as sometimes as a, as a bad thing, that sometimes it all it has is words. Yeah. And I think there's just like this curiosity tinkering component with Gemini of like, hey, let's find out what this does. <laughs> and that might lead to the later inventions in later in the in the triplicity. Right. Like, what does it actually mean? Like, what is this word versus this word? Um, the relational kind of the quality between words and then greater than that would be Aquarius. It's so funny that this is the Libra episode and we're just talking about the relationship of Libra to all the other signs. <laughs> right. We're, we're very concerned about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, Libra is the point at which you really fully start to realize that something only exists uh, sometimes by comparing it in relation to something else. Um, and if there was only like one thing that ever existed, um, you know, you almost wouldn't know or wouldn't have the same sort of existence because there would be nothing else outside of it to compare it to, relatively speaking. Um, and everything, maybe that's a good keyword for, for Libra, is that everything in the world is relative to something else. And keeping that idea of, of almost relativity in mind uh, in many different levels of existence might be almost something that's inherent to Libra as, as a, a core concept. Yeah. And Libra is like the mirror, you know, being like the first opposition through the Zodiac. And I want to say it was Christopher Renstrom who who mentioned that, um, you know, le like Venus, when you if you were to hold it, it looks like a mirror. Mm, and I okay. thought that was really cool. Yeah, yeah, I think I heard that from him. The glyph for, or the symbol for Venus, you mean? Yes. 
and how, um, you know, thinking about Libra as, as a relationship related sign and how our relationships are the most intimate mirrors that we have, you know, like you have a better understanding of, of yourself or ideas even like in, in conversation with another person. And I think that that's something that, that Libra really cares a lot about too, is, you know, what other people, what other people think about something like Libra really cares about other people's opinions, not just for how that reflects on, on themselves, but for getting an, a better understanding of anything, you know, Libra likes to understand, um, what other people think about something. Cause yeah, it's, it's more information and Libra being an air sign. I think that's something that's really overlooked about Libra is that a lot of them are really brainy and, um, really, really like nerdy <laughs> Libras actually. And just like wanting to learn, wanting to understand and understanding someone else's position on something can sort of broaden your own conceptual understanding of something. Mm. It's where we get the both sides-isms of being a Libra, the devil's advocate kind of um, stereotype. I mean, personally, I'll, I'll have these um, kind of extreme ideas. You know, I have I have Mercury, Mars, conjunction, Scorpio, and I'll get like really way ahead of myself with some things. And then I, I need to talk to someone about it. And then as soon as I have like someone else to like uh, consider these things with, I'm kind of I'm able to like dial down the intensity of my ideas and and rationalize things a little bit better. But it's, it's a constant back and forth with, with being a, a Libra, I think, and uh, trying to figure out uh, what, what the truth is, but it is all relative, of course. Totally. Yeah. Libras love talking things out, (laughs) especially Libra moon. Like they need to talk it out. And it's so funny. Like, uh, I hear this a lot about Libra placements about how they quote, talk about nothing, but (laughs) we need to talk things out because we need to explain and like validate, (laughs) like, our line of thinking about something, whether it's an emotional thing or whether it's an intellectual thing, we like to talk it out and hear someone else's like take or perspective because it makes our own more well-rounded. Yeah. And it, it helps us to make sure what we're saying and thinking is real as well. I think it comes from like the uh, fallen sun, right? Like, okay, is it, it's real. If someone else thinks it's real, it must be real. But I mean, talking about nothing and thinking about nothing or whatever people say about Libra, I think has to do with this, this thoughts about thoughts, this sort of like meta-ness to being a Libra, where I, and part of my research for Libras have looked at philosophers that have Libra, um, sun or influence and a lot of it is yeah thinking about thinking and i guess the social implications of certain ideas which can become like a black hole of ideas because if it's too meta it just it it can sound like it's about nothing it can sound like it cancels it out it's mind-blowing yeah (laughs) that makes me think of like the political thing about um the the both sides kind of issue or people that say like you know both sides are doing that or or can see the pros and cons of both sides and sometimes that could lead to like whataboutism or almost like a paralysis of assigning 
truth or blame to either side if you can see both the 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 sort of issues with both sides too much that you're unable to that you almost like balance them too much and refuse to acknowledge the issues on either side in some way yeah stagnation stagnation that's a yeah yeah so saturnian right right of just like sort of paralysis at that point of not being able to do anything because there's um the the possibilities on both sides are are just balanced out too much in but some Libra's ways. Still in sign. Libra's still a cardinal sign. It's like, oh, nothing's happening, nothing's moving with this debate, but it something comes of it. it just might not be so apparent, right? It's like totally. a power move. Yeah. I think Libra does like have this reputation for being indecisive and defaulting to being agreeable like i don't know what do you want to do and that can be true like if libra doesn't have like a strong opinion or like end goal like then we really don't care we really don't care right but there is like this um other side to libra that you both are are touching on which is like the devil's advocate and the contrarian which is like a big part of being a Libra of just like sort of being the person that challenges and saying, well, I don't know, like, have you thought about it this way? Have you thought about it this way? And in that case, like Libra is not agreeable at all. They're not really supportive um, to you if if you're trying to like complain about something. <laughs> uh, yeah, the devil's advocate thing is real. Yeah, that's a huge um, aspect of the Libra archetype, the devil's advocate or the contrarian. I think that partially comes through that notion of, you know, if Aries is the first sign where we start and Libra is where you get to the opposition. And in some ways in modern astrology, Libra often being likened to the opposition in that way um, by setting up a contrast or setting up and, and acting in that role and adopting that role of being like the other side of the argument. Um, and sometimes Libras love to get into that position of playing the other side of the argument to the point that they can become um, contrarian in some ways. I know early on in my studies of astrology, I was always surprised at how many um, skeptics of astrology I would run into that had strong Libra placements. And I later sort of came to understand that that might have to do with that contrarian quality of Libra. Yeah. I often will meet someone, uh, they find out I'm an astrologer. They're like, oh, I don't believe in astrology. Or like, I think astrology's fake. I'm like, yeah, you're so right. <laughs> Just like, <laughs> you're right. Like, yeah, astrology's bad. <laughs> we'll immediately like, just agree with them, even though I, I, I obviously don't believe that. I think that's a little of your Gemini moon too. <laughs> it's like, let's mess with them here a little bit. Yeah. Or I actually do see they don't they don't just say that simply. Like maybe they'll say something like, "Oh, you know, like how uh, people on Tinder will not swipe me because I said that I'm a Gemini." I'm like, "You're right. Those people don't know astrology. They." And so I'll agree with them. I'll agree yes, astrology in this regard and the way that astrology is used or misused by popular culture is bad so i do end up like actually seeing truth in what the opposition or someone who would be seen as like in opposition to me i see truth in what they're saying and i actually do agree with them on some level and then i probably can end up convincing them of my point by 
conceding and like un- understanding what they're saying. You're such a Libra. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the ability to be impartial and like see it from someone else's side. Um, but a lot of times that can be, you know, if you are trying to get someone to see it from from your side, that can be a, a point of leverage too, of just like empathizing with them, but then devil's advocating them and saying, but what if astrology was, <laughs> you know, uh, just to use that example. But um, yeah. <laughs> really good point because on the positive side, that Libra archetype can um, of being able can create empathy and the ability to empathize with other people is like a really important trait. And it's something that Libra maybe does better than a number of other signs. But the flip side of that or the the downside of that can be sometimes being overly impressionable. Um, or you have that scenario, like I'm thinking there's like a couple of recent people where this is actually a common accusation against them, which which is true, which is um, for example, like Joe Rogan on his podcast, oftentimes whatever the last person said to him, like he'll adopt that as like what he thinks is true. So they would just sort of adopt whatever it was that the, the most recent person that they talked to said. And sometimes it can just be some like wildly wrong, um, you know, scientific or political or other take, but because they had that, that conversation and that like one on one connection, and there was that attempt to find through empathy, like what was the truth and what that person was saying. Um, sometimes it can leave them open to, you know, giving into or going over to like really, you know, not great or not even truthful things. Right. Um, being swayed. Being swayed. That's Scales. it. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Well, because, and then it's funny because another person I could think of that was also, that was a common thing over and over again was they would say that Trump was like that, that whatever the last person was that he had a conversation with, he would adopt that, whatever that person had said. So people, in his political circle were constantly like vying for like FaceTime with him because whoever could get it could like influence what he said and thought and what the official policy was just by like introducing like ideas and, and concepts at that point. And he had Jupiter and Neptune in Libra in the third mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. Oh, no way. Yeah. And Joe Rogan has the Libra moon. Oh, I thought he might have something because I know he's a Virgo. Mm-hmm. And so usually if, if you have like a sun sign, you'll have some other personal planets nearby. I think he's a Leo, but he has like three planets in Virgo. Ah, okay. I just pulled it up from Astro Data Bank and it says it's an AA rated chart, but here's the oh, chart really? chart if that's correct. Um, okay. So it's a he has Taurus rising and moon in Libra and a night chart. So the moon is actually actually his sect light. Okay. So yeah. yeah, impressionability and then you know that's been funny because sometimes again that can be about like the impressionability and sometimes being people being shaped by the other people that they're around and seeing somebody like him have this whole transformation of political beliefs and other things over the past years based on the people that he kept having on the podcast who he was talking to constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think I I can be impressionable, but if it's something that I really truly care about, I like to have like the final word on on what it is and like no one can convince me otherwise maybe that's my fixed mercury I don't know but um I I do get the sense of like uh, this I mean I do have Jupiter and Libra as well this like okay uh what what is it that I believe in it's relative to what the sort of mission is and what the strategy is mm-hmm. um which which people yeah could find superficial but um, 
I think there is often a core. Um, if, if there are like core values and things that people care about, like I say, um, like I, I would put like my relationships and my friendships and, and certain like virtues before like political ideology or something that I find actually superficial. Um, so like I, I got in an argument with a friend, for example, and then the next day I just was like called and apologized because I was like, are you okay? What's going on? And he was like really actually taken aback by it. And I was like, no, like I actually don't care about politics at all. Like I just want to make sure that you're okay because that's kind of the core ideology if it is an ideology at all mm, right yeah i think uh just one of i think a part of that stems from being open-minded to like libra just yep. being open-minded to an alternate point of view and yeah the ability to be swayed i, I think one of the other things that libra gets labeled as is gullible because and i think part of where that comes from is just being a good, being Venusian, being like genuine, or I should say generally good natured, uh, just like wanting to like believe that like, oh yeah, that, you know, if you say, if you say that's the truth, that's the truth. But, um, yeah. So I think that that's part of where that comes from, but yeah, being able to sort of hold space for another person's perspective. I, I was noticing in my Libra research, that there's like a lot of people who do like interviews. So uh, Kelly Ripa has like Sun Moon in Libra. Barbara Walters is a Libra. Johnny Carson is a Libra. Trevor oh. Noah. Oh, Ellen? I think so. Oh, I think, yeah, I think she might have something there. I can't remember her chart off the top of my if head. I'm wrong, sorry. No, it's all good. Um, but yeah, Trevor Noah from The Daily Show has has Libra placements. Um, yeah, just like a lot of people I found had that. And I think just being able to be in the interview seat and hold space for what someone has to say without like challenging them too much and also making them feel comfortable to be there. Um, what is the term for that? That's like social intelligence or something like just having good one on one conversational skills politeness 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 mm-hmm. and that must be yeah. where like the politician angle comes in too for sure polite politic they must have some like root similarities is this a reach i don't know no i don't think so but here's i was just looking through which of the charts you just mentioned i had and i have johnny carson's chart who's famous for doing the tonight show for many years and kind of set the standard for created the standard for what one of those late night talk shows was supposed to be. Um, and that's such a good example of like sitting down, you know, the guest, he's got his desk and then the guest comes, you know, in, they walk in and they sit down on his couch and then they have this short back and forth conversation. And like Carson's entire um, job is just to be funny, but also charming and engaging and to interview and draw out what is best about the other person through a series of questions and what they're trying to talk about and to make it seem interesting and but also like quick you know it's not like a long-term thing necessarily there's a a certain like set of parameters to it that you have to operate in Um, but it's interesting then that that became sort of the model that all other like late night shows after that have followed and emulated over the course of the past 30 years with you know people like um you know, Jay Leno and Conan O'Brien and other people like that. 
Is Conan a Libra? I don't have his chart, but I, I do have Jimmy Kimmel has Venus and Libra and Jimmy Fallon has Mars and Libra too. So yeah, it is like something that you see a lot there in the, in the peopling professions. Yeah. Also the cardinal signs again, being the sort of initiators or leaders in most things. I also saw that there were a lot of like first female Mm -hmm. Uh, XYZ with uh, Libra placements like Kamala Harris is the first female vice president Um, I was like looking into Jupiter and Libra because I was just trying to understand what it meant and there were a lot of like the first female rabbi in the United States the had Jupiter and Libra um, the first pilot uh, first female pilot also Jupiter and Libra Um, so yeah a lot of like Libra's firsts. <laughs> yeah, we can we can add Margaret Thatcher to the list too. She was a Libra and um yeah, she was the first prime minister in England. Mm-hmm. And with Venus being the ruler of Libra, kind of generally being women in mundane astrology. Um, and then uh cardinal signs being like the first of a season. Ooh. So first female. XYZ, I'm going to say, like, Libra can relate to this. Interesting. Um, that's interesting. I'm, I just pulled up Margaret Thatcher's chart, and it's interesting. She has Sun, Mercury, and Libra, and that's similar to uh, AOC's chart, who also has Sun, Mercury, and, and Mars. And Mars. Sorry, that's why, yeah, Sun, Mercury, and Mars in Libra, so it's a similar stellium. Yeah, I think Putin. Well, we don't have we don't have good data for Putin. <laughs> yeah, <it's> so <laughs> dirty data. <laughs> yeah, that would be an interesting first, though, if there was a parallel between, um, you know, the Margaret Thatcher chart and uh, some people have speculated about whether, in the long term at least, if AOC isn't, if Alexandria Ocasio Cortez isn't a candidate for for somebody that might run for president or perhaps even become first female president at some point one of these days. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, so we'll see. We'll see what the future brings um, in terms of famous Libras, uh, you know, and, and becoming first at different things. Um, why don't we start talking about some other contrasts, some other contrasts between different signs, since I know we're about 90 minutes into this, so we probably have about 30 minutes left. Here is back to the signs of the zodiac diagram. We've talked a little bit about the contrast between Virgo and Libra. We've talked a little bit about the contrast between Scorpio and Libra. We've talked about the three air signs, uh, Gemini, Libra, and um, Saturn and Aquarius. Speaking of that, actually, you mentioned Conan O'Brien, Catherine, and he's not a Libra. However, he does have two very prominent placements in Aquarius which are the moon and Saturn. And I actually, he released a video just a few weeks ago, like a podcast episode talking about how he became the host of the late night show uh, of a talk show suddenly during his Saturn return in Aquarius 30 years ago. Um, And now 30 years later, he stepped down during his second Saturn return. He stepped down from his position hosting late night television shows and he's, he's transitioned into podcasting and his podcast was bought by like a major podcasting company and now it's been expanded into this whole thing with a whole line of different podcasts so there's something there about the air signs and like interviews and like podcasting and different things like that that we've really 
touched on here that, that seems important and seems prominent. Yeah. And um, can I add one thing onto that real quick? Yeah. Uh, Libras and music. That's like another way of like interfacing and get like engaging with an audience. It's something I, I found a lot of in, in my research, uh, Libra musicians. And um, Rand and I were actually talking about how we both have guitars behind us. That's what funny. The same exact position. Yeah. <laughs> just being just like Libra is just having this affinity for music. And in, in my research, I found just like, um, Gosh, like Bruce Springsteen has um, a Libra stellium, Tom Petty, John Lennon, Paul Simon is a Libra, like all these like really likable, popular rock musicians um, that aren't like, you know, the music isn't too confronting, right? Like a lot of people, they appeal to a lot of people is a very Libra thing. Yeah. And like Doja Cat even, I think, uh, has extreme mass appeal. Uh, the this music is just fun. It's pop. It's not hurting anyone. Beyonce, incredibly famous. Libra Stellium. Um, there's Beyonce's appeal. Yeah. There's Beyonce's chart with Mercury, Saturn, Jupiter, Venus, and Pluto all in the sign of Libra. Boom! Wow. She's <laughs> one of the most famous uh, artists, like musicians of our like current time period of the past decade i'm sure she's like a record breaker as well in this like cardinal libra sense she has to be like the first woman to to do something with music i don't have the beyonce facts off the top of my head i wish i did i think but i bet jay-z has some libra placements too and um another another libra person is freddie mercury we don't have a time chart for freddie mercury but Freddie, you know, was a pianist and and the lead singer of of Queen. And Queen was sort of like this eclectic bunch of musicians where they describe in the, the documentary and in the movie, like, we probably shouldn't all be t in this band together. And actually, guitarist Brian May has some Libra placements, too. So, yeah, I, I really like that. Just, you know, to be able to, like, charm an audience and create something beautiful i think libra has like a lot of connection with music being ruled by venus and being like an instrument basically yeah harmony i think i think music makes sense okay i i was gonna say music makes more sense with libra than it does with taurus but taurus will throw taurus has to do with singing and these sorts in the ears and all these things but i was just thinking about how um like the conceptual Venusian side rather than the the visual, but I'm I'm gonna like walk it back here. Because, no, you're um, right. Well, I mean, Libra is is diurnal. It has to do with, with vision, so I think like a visual cohesion also makes sense. And and maybe music isn't so visual. Composition. Well, the thing is, is that music is is math. It really is math, and. Um, like you can play by ear, which is one thing, or you can like understand the system, which is Saturn and the timing Saturn, uh, that, that you get from Libra too. Um, and to create harmony, like it's such, it's such a Libra thing. No, but you're right though about Taurus, like Taurus produces a lot of really strong vocalists. Mm -hmm. This is reminding me, well, um, 
both Freddie Mercury and Beyonce both are sun sign Virgos, but then they have those stelliums in Libra. And I think there's something to be said about the performance aspect of of music that was so important for both of them and, and be able, able to create an image and to like kind of craft their image in some way, being super important to their success and their lasting memory, not just to the sort of the Virgo, like the technical aspect of the music being good or or knowing instruments or other things like that or or or, or singing in most instances or or but also just the presentation of things and being groundbreaking in terms of that. Um, but you know, there's another aspect to music that might tie things in, which is just that you, there's a matter of, um, harmony, but also connecting and like rhyming together words, rhyming together sentences and things like that is a very kind of Libra thing. Cause it involves like the reconciliation or, um, taking words and making them fit together that otherwise wouldn't fit together just through how the word sounds and there'd be like a similarity to the the sound of the word. Totally. Yeah. Songwriters and rappers, lots of Libras. Well, it's a, and it's, it's a thing where a lot of people don't know the actual lyrics to a song, but the song might still be really popular and people might even really like sing along with it without truly understanding the lyrics or what's underlying the lyrics of like why the musician chose certain lyrics, but that this that it just sounds good or that there's something away about the sound of that that is aesthetically appealing in some ways. Yeah, kind of like nonsense or surreal lyrics, you mean? Right. Yeah. Or or yeah, just different things like that. Um similarly, I mean uh, it makes me think of another famous Libra in terms of rappers, and we don't have a for sure, like time chart for him, but the chart of Eminem, who was, uh, who is a Sun, Uranus, Mars, and Pluto in Libra, um, and then also Venus in Virgo and Mercury in Scorpio. So that's kind of like a combination of all of those things. But that he's widely regarded as like a lyrical genius because of his innovative ways of rhyming different um, lines and even different words that otherwise shouldn't go together, but like finding the, a way to put them together like puzzle pieces. I think I think Future has a Libra stellium, and so does Lil Wayne. Just gonna like Lil Wayne put those out there. Does yeah. yeah, Frank Ocean has Mars and Libra. Sting has like a ton of placements in Libra. Um, yeah, it's something you see a lot <laughs> when you start looking at musicians' charts. Lyrics, lyrical. Yeah, lyrical and and the ability to like convey something with words that uh, is appealing or. Uh, yeah, there's something, something there. And in terms of like pop stars that have like huge stage presence, um, I found an overwhelming list. Like when I looked up celebrities who have placements with Jupiter and Libra, oh my God, that list was just, you know, all the biggest stars like Madonna, Beyonce, Michael Jackson, Jennifer Lopez, Freddie Mercury, Prince, Mariah Carey. Jay-Z, Justin Timberlake, Mozart <laughs> definitely like was holding court in his day, you know? So Cher is on that list too. Just like Alicia Keys, some powerhouses on that list. Nice. Um, all right, let's get to some other contrast with the signs of the Zodiac. Um, what other signs have we not contrasted yet that would be good to contrast? One of the things is 
we've talked about the triplicities and the air triplicity and this, those three signs having a number of things in common based on the element of air. Um, one of the other groupings is the modalities and Libra is a cardinal sign. We've talked about how that connects with Mars as a cardinal sign. The other two cardinal signs that we haven't really touched on at all are uh, Cancer and Capricorn. What are some similarities or some differences between Libra and Cancer and Capricorn as three of the cardinal signs? I actually had this thought earlier when we were talking about how Libras, oh, they get someone else to do it for them. I think that's such a Capricorn trait. I live like my family, I have a lot of Capricorn women that I lived with and um, they would always just be like, oh, can you do this? Like, I just don't feel like getting up and getting glass water. Like, can you just go do it for me? And I think delegating and, and kind of being in charge and just like saying, can you do this? Can you do this? Thanks. That's like such a cardinal sign thing. Oh, delegating. The, the, yeah, the delegating of responsibility to another. Mm-hmm. Okay. But do you think... And, and, oh, go ahead, and with, Chris. And with Capricorn, that sometimes puts in, in the position where they get the reputation of being good like managers or at least being managers of things. Yeah, but people don't realize that Cancer also is kind of bossy. Mm. They kind of are. They can tell people what to do. Um, yeah. I don't, right. I don't mean that in a negative way. But, no, no. Um, I mean, Cancer. They, they're leaders. Like, yeah, Cancer is like the, the queen of the zodiac. If, if, let's say, if, you know, in medieval times, like, uh, the the astrologers would assign like the king to Leo, and they would assign the queen to to Cancer in the Moon. Oh yeah, yeah. So that could be an aspect of that of what you're talking about. What were you going to say, Catherine? I was just going to say, but like it sounds like Capricorn is more direct about it than Libra with the with the mm-hmm. delegating. Yeah, I need to do you. I need you to do this at this time. Uh, okay. There's like a deadline involved, right? With Capricorn, yeah. I'm gonna need you to come into work early in order to like do this and this task at six o'clock in the morning, and then that's Capricorn. Whereas Libra might be more subtle or more more using a, a sort of um, encouragement in an indirect way in order to to ask somebody to to do something for them. It'd be yeah, very. It'd be. I'd really appreciate it if someone. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a great, great Libra phrase. Would you mind doing this thing that I really don't care if you mind or not, or just want it to get done? Would it be I don't too know. much trouble? It's very, yeah. very um, both things in my chart. But I mean, Cancer is, is kind of mysterious to me as a sign. I think um, they're both like uh, the indirect quality that Cancer has. Like those ones, I think were some of the more confusing signs to understand as cardinal signs. When I, you know, when you're first learning astrology, you're like, well, you know, if Libra is sort of indirect and cancer is sort of like, you know, passive as they say, or like sidestepping, right? Like how is that cardinal? And I think, so that's where they relate in that way is both just sort of being indirect, but both like understanding the objective, like Libra usually has a plan and, you know, cancer definitely knows what it wants. Like cancer, I think is motivated by 
its instincts and its feelings of, of what it wants to do. It needs to like feel like doing something is, is sort of the main issue. <laughs> so yeah, I think that they are both just like not as direct in terms of the cardinal signs, like, like Capricorn and Aries might be. Yeah. Oh, I think what Libra and Cancer want to do changes often. Like yeah. what I want to do today might not be the same thing that I wanted to do yesterday because Cancer is ruled by the moon. And so the moon can fluctuate, change signs, change, change vibes. And, and Libra is, is air. So it, it, like we were talking about earlier, it can be influenced by other, you know, currents. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, all the cardinal signs have a reputation, especially in like ancient astrology, for being really strong at initiating things and getting the ball rolling, but not being great at follow through and, and bringing things to completion. Very true. <laughs> unless you have fixed, unless you have a lot of fixed in your chart, that helps. What are we going to do about the uh, Pluto and Aquarius for having fixed elections? Unrelated. I don't want to talk about it as an Aquarius rising. I'm just trying to get, I'm trying to get out of like Saturn and Aquarius. I'm looking forward to that ending in the spring when Saturn finally moves into Pisces and and Pluto moves into Aquarius. Yeah. I've got no, no breather. Uh, Sorry for all of the Pisces people for wishing Saturn to move into your sign, but I'm, I'm done with it after two and a half, three years now. Uh, Let's pretend Pluto does not exist though, because I'm not looking forward to that shift. It's a modern. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. It's out there. We can't even see it. Not, not even important. Um, The size of Russia. Right. Yeah. (laughs) Well, it has a big heart on it. You know, I loved that picture. Once we got that picture from Pluto a few years ago, and that makes it seem a little bit warm and and fluffy a little bit. Isn't it made out of ice? Yeah. It's made out of ice, so it's not that warm and fluffy. But you know, all right. So. Moving back to the signs of the zodiacs, that's pretty good for the cardinal signs and some of the similarities between them. Um, other contrasts might be the signs that are sextile to Libra. So they again have some similarities of association, even if it's a weaker association of having the same um, sect, basically, of being diurnal signs. So that would be the sun uh, having a sextile or, or Leo having a sextile to Libra. And then Sagittarius also having a sextile to Libra. What are some of the similarities uh, that we think of when it comes to those three signs? Yeah, I think Libra and Sag being ruled by benefic planets, like there's, I think those two pl- planets together or those two signs know how to throw a party, mm. you know? Uh, Sagittarius can can bring can bring the alcohol and the dip and Libra can set everything up and decide who sits where. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Though they tend to be those three signs, especially out of any, tend to be the most some of the most extroverted signs and also socials, like ho- hosting a party or going to a party. That would definitely be one I could see for those three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've been there. I've been there. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like Leo and Libra share this. Um, what's the dress code similarity where as much as I, I hate wearing the same thing as everybody and kind of want people to just feel comfortable and wear whatever they want. Um, I feel like Leo loves to be like, okay, the theme is this, we're all going to wear little hats. (laughs) Um, yeah. And then Libra will be like, okay, I have my little hat. 
And um, it's great. Or Libra will show up and be really upset if they're not wearing the little hat. Totally. Feel very left out. Yeah. Yeah. I think both of those signs too are good at like making other people feel like they're in the center of the world. You know, like Leo, as much as Leo has a reputation for being probably the most comfortable in the spotlight, like I think Leo actually loves hyping other people up. And I think Libra with so much focus on the other person, there's like a a feeling celebrated in their presence. Yeah, charisma is a is a major component for both Leo and Libra. And while sometimes that can um, be manifested as a sort of self-centeredness of only wanting their their own qualities to shine in its highest expression, um, it sometimes works out the best when in the presence of that energy, they're able to direct it onto a person like a spotlight and then sort of um, magnify or bring out the positive qualities of other people by sort of shining their attention on them. Yeah, Leo's a lot more direct with that, with that sort of motive, um, I think. Uh, Leo can be, I think, a little more straightforward with the, uh, let's have a compliment circle. <laughs> Libra's like, okay. <laughs> Um, sorry, I'm just like citing things that I've experienced with my Leo friends and family members, specifically the little hat and compliment circle with these Leo people that I know. Um, yeah, and uh, Sagittarius also can really, um, I think, be extremely generous and have this similar similar quality as Leo and Libra with with making someone feel special. I think with Sagittarius, you're like, oh yeah, just take it, just go ahead. Like it's yours. Like I'll, um, yeah. Generosity of this Jupiterian sort of gift giving. Yeah, generosity. That's a good one, and uh, or, or sort of like a beneficence or goodwill. Sometimes is is one of its most positive or highest expressions, and the act of wanting to do something or to give something, um, not entire without sometimes without motivation necessarily can be one of the, the most positive expressions. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think the uh, the sort of Sagittarius, I don't think really has a, a motivation or like ulterior motive with the generosity all the time because it's a fire sign. It's just like, okay, I'm going to make it rain now. Like, let's, let's go. As uh, much dip, as much booze as you want. Like, it's just for the sake of having fun, um, this sort of, yeah, this sort of generosity with the fire signs. It's so funny how, yeah, Libra does have these sextiles to, to fire signs and um, Libra itself is is a cold and kind of a Saturnian sign. Yeah, that's a good point because it's otherwise, you know, with Aries, it's acting as the colder opposition to the fieriness of Aries and sometimes like putting a damper on Aries is uh, in Mars, especially it's like over exuberance and over directness or bluntness. Um, it often ends up playing that role of cooling things down, but in the context of its relationship to Leo and Sagittarius, it's actually playing more of a complementary role uh, with the three of those being all like extroverted signs, um, but the the it, it's it's something that actually contributes in some way rather than just like squelching the party. 
or squelching the flame. Yeah, I mean, it needs oxygen to make fire, right? You need like to sort of like fan a, a campfire in order to get it to cut. Right, that makes sense. All right, um, so let's see, going back, what other signs? So we haven't talked about, we, we've talked about two of the signs that are in aversion, which are Virgo and Scorpio, and those are more obvious because Libra is like part of that sequence of the planets, you know, move through Virgo and then into Libra and then into Scorpio. And so you can kind of see the corrective quality for each of those signs that follow after the previous one. Um, but there's two other signs that are in aversion to Libra, which are Pisces, which is ruled by Jupiter, and then Taurus, which is ruled by Venus. Um, so we've talked a little bit about the Taurus one. We might touch on that a little bit more here at this point, even though that's an aversion because it doesn't share any of the fundamental sign-based qualities of Libra, which is um, Taurus, for example, is a fixed Earth uh, nocturnal or feminine sign. Libra is cardinal air and masculine or diurnal, so they don't share those qualities. However, by sharing the same planetary ruler, there is kind of like a mitigation and a similarity between those two signs. But what are some of the things that set them apart maybe or that are different between those two? I think earlier we talked about the maybe the tangible quality um, like like a tangible aesthetic or or almost like sensual quality of Taurus contrasting with more of the social or intellectual aesthetic quality of Libra. Yeah, like I that's the way I sort of think about. Well, it's interesting because in that in that configuration there, like there's definitely a Venus connection with with both Pisces and and Taurus. But yeah, I like to sort of make that distinction of Venus having like a more um, delight in the physical experience with Taurus. So like how the five senses, how we can, um, delight through the five senses, whether it's like music or like a silky outfit or sheets or like a good soak in the tub. And that's sort of how Venus in an earth sign really shows up in the sign of Taurus. Or but like food, for example, is like a major like Taurus thing. Yes, a hundred percent. Yeah. And then through Libra is like an air sign. It's more just like conceptual beauty or design as Ran as Randon was saying earlier. I totally agree with that. Like how, um, we could think about like how we harmonize in like a conceptual way. So that shows up like socially, but also through like concept of, of design. Yeah, that makes sense. It makes me think of like interior design as like a major Libra thing as opposed to Taurus would be more like, um, you know, somebody who is a chef and creates like beautiful things out of food, but they're not just beautiful for the sake of being beautiful or being, um, symmetrical pieces to look at, but instead they're like something to like eat and consume and like become part of you or to enjoy on that, that sense sensual level of like taste. Yeah. I don't want to sound like negative, but um, I think Taurus can be like the actual like uh, sensory kind of art, uh, art being like an expression of emotion and like physical form and beauty and these things. And then Libra is like the, the kind of conceptual fluxus, like, of, like what is this is an art type of art where it's like we're getting way 
too ahead of ourselves here. You know, like this is a TV that's in cement. It's not like a beautiful painting or like a something that like expresses like emotion. It's like a something more social. Um, so I think they're pretty different in this way. Um, where Libra is a little like sometimes too um too lofty with the ideas to actually express something like that's human and relatable and like emotional. I mean, there are great Libra artists who can make something beautiful, I'm sure, but like uh sometimes it could be like almost like anti-art, it seems, mm. with what Libra's making. That makes me well, a little bit makes me think of like like Yoko Ono, for example, who has Libra Libra rising, and there's like a heavy Aquarius component to that as well, because she has Venus in Aquarius with Saturn and the Sun. Um, but that that makes me what you were saying there just made me think of of her chart. Yeah, whereas Taurus would make something that like oh, it's expressing something. Uh, like comes from like the source rather than like expressing something about the thing that comes from the source. Got it. Like a concept. Yeah. The like Libra meta-ness can sometimes be too meta. Whereas like the Torian idea of beauty is like more um, yeah nocturnal. I think it's like immediate and like primal and like emanating from a, like a physical hunger of some kind to experience something yeah i think like venus wants to delight and venus wants to create cohesion so through taurus it's it's you know you can have that in like a present moment experience whereas with libra there's like um you know what can i do to bring people together so there's like a concept around it and like is it okay that i'm like enjoying myself right now is there something else i should be doing mm. I think the other difference is to make an analogy. I think Taurus is like a flower garden, whereas Libra is like an art gallery. Um, and both of them can be beautiful or, or have different expressions of beauty, but there's this more um, earthy, tangible feeling to like being in a garden uh, versus there's this sometimes more abstract or conceptual or even sometimes cold and sort of remote feeling to being in an art gallery. Yeah, I love that. Love that. Yeah, and then I guess for for Pisces, you know, Venus has her exaltation in Pisces. So we get like this sort of idealistic love or divine love with seeing how like Venus shows up in in Pisces. So I think that that's like a a connection there where like yeah, both are looking for a connection with something like Venus in in Libra is looking for like social connection and like mindedness or even someone to like oppose them to create like um, an intellectual synergy going on. But yeah, Pisces is looking to connect with something bigger, something bigger than that and something conceptually uh, grander. Like Pisces is looking for that connection with something profound. Yeah, it's almost a connection more on an emotional level, though. And it's interesting that Libra is an aversion to both Scorpio and to Pisces, which are both water signs. So it's almost like one of the signs or one of the elements or qualities that it may have the hardest time relating to is that um, almost like emotional component of things that are so present in both of those signs. 
and what you're talking about with Pisces is like needing to believe or needing to be inspired by like something larger than yourself, which is mm -hmm. not necessarily a social thing. It's like an internal thing that you feel um, almost on an emotional level. Yeah, there's something really soulful about Pisces that Libra Libra doesn't necessarily have that depth, I guess. Yeah, I'm trying to think about this in terms of like, I guess, um, like marriages or long term commitments where Venus in the sign of Saturn's exaltation is kind of like a marriage, a marriage and like that's like a commitment and like a devotion and kind of this, this is it. And then I think of, um, I think of Venus in the sign of Jupiter's domicile and Venus's exaltation, this kind of like spiritual aspect of love, this like love, this universal kind of greater love. Um, uh, it's, it's, it's different than like, a, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm married to this person and, and we're like together and it's this like kind of legally binding thing, which of course is amazing in its own right. And like, yeah, makes sense. But, um, there's there's this author Flannery O'Connor who uh, she was like a devout Catholic Southern Gothic writer and she wrote about relationships in this way and it, it's in her diaries and it says basically like she wants her relationships like like the ideal relationship is a channel to the divine like us coming together like we're not looking for each other we're looking for like god through each other almost so i think like that's very venus and pisces and i think she had um like aries and pisces placements like she was like an aries sun with i think mercury and pisces or something like that so um i think of venus and pisces as being like relationships with each other as like a way of reaching a higher power rather than like relationships with each other kind of being like the means to an end mm -hmm. mm, that makes sense like uh, having more of a, a transcendent sort of love for something like a transcendent love for like the universe or for nature or something like that or for you know god or a deity or something like that as opposed to the in interdependent um focus on a singular other person and wanting to be you know one half of an equation with another person where, where once you're together with another person, it sort of creates a whole single, singular unit into it of itself. Mm -hmm. Which I think is nice, but also has its limitations. Mm. But it's just controversial. It's the most controversial thing I'm going to say, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think that's controversial? Um, I don't know. Um, wait, what did I say? I just blacked out. <laughs> uh, yeah, just, I mean, one of the things we haven't focused on too much, partially because I've tried to avoid too much of like the 12 letter alphabet thing of equating the signs with the houses um, too much, and, and like the tendency sometimes in modern astrology to equate Libra with the seventh house of marriage and relationships. But there is, this is one of those areas where sometimes um, a relationship component does come up, or relationships as being important to libra especially through that rulership of venus um are there any things related to that that we haven't like explored or fleshed out enough in terms of of relationships with libra 
Yeah, I think Libra just naturally likes the company of other people, likes to do things with other people. And yeah, there's like there's definitely like the stereotypes about Libra just like always being in a relationship, <laughs> I think, or trying to position themselves to be in a relationship and like obviously not all Libras, right? But it's it's pretty true. It's pretty true and yeah, I think especially like Mars in Libra prefers to do things as like a team, like to be on a team with someone, because I think what Libra, like going back to the strategy component of Libra, Libra understands that I don't have all the skills, you know, so I can be more effective like as a cardinal sign, I guess, like if I team up with somebody else who has skills different from mine. So there's like that opposition quality too of like opposites attract and Libra does look for that. Like, I think that that's like a strategic thing of um, like looking for people who can be on your team that bring something to the table. That makes and sense. Yeah, and definitely for a Venus and Libra too. That's a, I think a lot of what I'm saying speaks more to Venus and Libra than anything else about the relationship thing. Yeah, um, and relationships being very important. Uh, Camille Michelle Gray, who's put together some of the example charts I was looking at for this episode, um, flagged one of them, which is a really prominent relationship in recent times. Was um, is Meghan Markle. Um, who was married to Prince Harry, and she has Cancer rising, and the ruler of her ascendant is the Moon, which is in Libra, along with Saturn and Jupiter and Pluto and the IC in the fourth whole sign house, and this whole complicated thing on the one hand of that relationship being very important, and in some ways for Libras, a relationship, especially Sun sign Libras. Um, but other just Libras in general to some extent of a relationship coming sometimes to define your identity or your identity being defined to the world or part of your life story being defined sometimes in terms of your relationships and the way that you relate to other people. Um, for her with Saturn there in a night chart, there's also been challenges though in terms of like coming into and becoming part of this like family and all of their own internal like problems and, and dynamics and things like that and sort of um, being imported into her life through this relationship and then eventually them having to like leave the UK and like move away um, and relinquish some of their like family titles and things like that in order to get away because that family dynamic was um, becoming like actively harmful to her or other things like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, her chart is just it's profound to look at because that Saturn actually rules her seventh house and it being in her needle fourth house and sort of just, it, it really tells that story in a, in a quite a literal way of, you know, Saturn and Libra, like there's an order to who you're supposed to curtsy to and when, and there's like all this like protocol. So when we talk about Libra etiquette and like social expectations, it's like to an extreme, you know, in, in the case of her experience and how that shows up in her chart. Yeah, for sure. Um, is that an example you looked at much, Randon? I actually haven't. Um, okay. I'm not so familiar. I tend to 
avoid the news. <laughs> sure, that's fine. Um, that's not the best strategy for an astrologer because I think it's good to be informed. But um, yeah, I, I don't really know much about the story. Yeah. Um, well, it might let me. Well, we'll say we just uh, even at the most limited, like a famous example of like it was a famous royal wedding that took place over the course of the past decade and was notable in that ways in the ways that her life has come to be characterized. And she was an actor prior to that, or an actress, but then became known as you know marrying um, somebody who was like a prince, basically. Right, maybe he was like next in line or something, wasn't he? And then yeah. they like they were like we're out, uh, we're we're Saturnian, we're we're just not we're not going to be part of this anymore. Yeah, there was a lot of weird stuff going on with both how how she was treated in the press and um, how some things going on behind the scenes with the family, and it was affecting her mental health. So they took off and went to I think they moved to the U.S. or Canada or something mm-hmm. like that. Okay, I remember this now. They're doing their so own thing. We don't. We don't have to get into all of that. Another one that came up um, that Camille pointed out as a famous Libra stellium recently was Will Smith, um, and he's a really interesting example of somebody who, you know, until recently, one of the things that's interesting about him is just being super successful in curating his public image to be like super squeaky clean. Um, right. No cussing. Right, right. No, no, no cussing in in his rap. Famously, when he was still doing, uh, you know, different rap albums in like the 1990s and stuff like that, or taking certain film roles, like he, he you know, he picked his film roles very deliberately um, over the course of his career. Um, yeah. So, so he has that element, but then also, um, you know, earlier this year there was the whole controversy with the the slap of when he. At the Oscars, his wife was like insulted by um, Chris Rock, and he took it really personally, and like and went up and like like slapped or assaulted um, this comedian who was hosting the Oscars. And suddenly, like another part of him sort of like came out that was um, a part that the public at least hadn't seen. But it was interesting, you know. A lot of the debate at that point became how much was that him acting versus how much was that him doing what he thought his partner wanted him to do in that instance or doing something to defend his partner who who he thought was being insulted for her hair um, and other things like that. It's interesting that the dynamic of that fundamentally was about his relationship somehow at its core. These like these Libra celebrities or celebrities with Libra stelliums they're often like their their relationships are extremely like part of their image. Um like Kim Kardashian, Beyonce, Will and Jada, Pinkett Smith, like they are the relationships are just such part of their um their image and their story. When Stefani yeah. the public eye. Bill, oh, yeah. Bill Clinton. Um, oh, yeah. yes. Even even one of the oh. ones we mentioned I mentioned him briefly earlier, Eminem, if you think about like a lot of his early albums are like complaining about his like ex girlfriend, basically. Mm-hmm. Or you know girlfriend, his mom. Yeah, right. Or, you know, saying that he'll murder them in very eloquent rapping ways. Um very Libra like. Um <laughs> oh, yes. gosh. so that's a really good point about though the Libra and sometimes like relationships being part of the person's public image in some ways. 
That reminds me of a chart I found of a Libra stellium chart I found. Nick Cannon. He has like sun, moon, several planets in in his Libra fifth house, and he's known for having like 10 kids. <laughs> so yeah, and like all the different relationships there. So yeah, Mariah Carey, I feel like his relationship with Mariah Carey was extremely uh uh, publicized. Yes. And I think that was, was it? A, a, am I remembering this right? Yes. And that was like his first, like, I think he had twins with her and that was like how he got started. I think having kids. Yeah. But yeah, he has a ton of Libra placements in the fifth house, which is pretty fun. <laughs> her Jupiter and Libra really just added to it. Thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sinister. Yeah. Um, also meant to clarify earlier when I was talking about Eminem, Talking about murdering his like ex-partners is not actually a good thing that is glorifying. I was just mentioning it in terms of him having Mars, that Mars-Pluto conjunction there, and uh, some of the things that come along with that or the ways that he's expressed that in better or worse ways. Um, the lyrics are definitely so Mars-Pluto. I, I had an old song came on. I was I was at like a salon and, and an Eminem song came on. I was like, oh my God, he's talking to his mom like this. Jeez. Right. Yeah, yeah. Awful. Maybe, maybe he didn't really do that, and he did it in like this Libra, like passive way through his music. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and then the Mercury and Scorpio also plays a role in that. But one other one that we didn't mention that had come up earlier was Beyonce, and then it makes me think of her. You know, even though she's created and defined herself very much in her own terms, how she was initially defined partially in terms of the group the three the group that she was in destiny's child like early in her career yeah but then separating herself from that being part of the um her defining story when she eventually like transcended it and went beyond that group but then also around that time you also have her marriage to jay-z and them collaborating and then building this empire together in different ways and the the interesting um interdependence but also going back and forth between dependence on another and defining yourself in terms of another but then also sometimes balancing the scales and going it alone and swinging outside of that to develop and uh present yourself independently i feel like that's part of the ongoing narrative as well it's not just doing it with somebody else but also sometimes going in and out of the partnership in terms of ident uh, developing your identity oh definitely yeah it's a huge part of the libra journey is like Learn how to stand on your own two feet. It's so important. And it's part of the balance, right? But that reminds me of another Libra chart that I found. And this person is also famous for being in in like this relationship, right? Serena Williams, you know, she's known for being like part of a duo with her sister, primarily, you know, like the two tennis sisters, Venus and Serena Williams. And Serena has um, a Libra stellium. And when I first saw that, I was like, huh, she's an athlete. I, I'm not really sure how that connects with Libra. But then it's in her sixth house. So she has like this sixth house stellium that happens to be in Libra. And obviously, you know, she's her likeness has been featured a lot of different places. Like she has that Libra presentation and um like receptability with the public like people everyone knows who she is so yeah like the two seconds that i 
got to look at her chart, I immediately was like, okay, Venus is in a Mars ruled sign. So like there's this maybe um, it, more more likely to be seen sweating. I feel like Libras are like, I'm and, not sweating. And look good doing it. <laughs> of course. Yeah. Fashion. Fashion's a big part of tennis, I would say. It's <laughs> all I know about tennis. Like t- tennis and golf, like those are two of the sports <laughs> that you know people care about what they're wearing. <laughs> and I feel like the um the sort of aesthetics of tennis and golf have been like appropriated in fashion. Oh yeah, people who don't play either of those sports kind of wearing clothes related to the sports. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good point. Um, all right. Well, I think that is all the major contrasts. We've pretty much contrasted all of the 12 signs at this point or all the the 11 other signs to Libra. Are there any other contrasts that come up or that we didn't mention that are worth mentioning or any final thoughts on Libra as we start to get towards the end of this episode? No, I think think that covers it for the contrasts. I feel like between Aries and Libra, sorry, um, go for uh, it. (laughs) Between Aries and Libra, People like to say, like, Aries is like, a, I don't know, there's, there's, this, there's this paradox that I'm trying to wrap my head around as I'm speaking, excuse me, but um, Aries, Aries is ruled by Mars. It seems to be so um, about, like, the separation of, of people, mm-hmm. and while Venus ruled by, I mean, Libra ruled by Venus seems to be about oh, people coming together, like marriage and union and social harmony. But really, sometimes the more I think about these two signs in contrast to, contrast to each other, um, Aries seems to be also more so about unity and the oneness and and this sort of like wholeness that already exists. And then Libra is not so whole. It's It's two parts. So it's ironically, they balance each other out. But I feel like they they... They have this paradox that exists between them. That's a really good point because like Aries, just in terms of numerology, it's like the starting point. It is one. It is the conjunction. So there's nothing outside of it. It is like a whole and it is complete unto itself and the completeness of like being independent in some ways versus when you get to Libra and the opposition, that's when you have two points. So suddenly there's like duality and there's two-ness and there's otherness. and they are the same side, uh, sides of the same coin, though, that, so that there are qualities of both in each of them. Mm-hmm. Gosh, just like as an a Libra stellium person, like I need Aries. <laughs> Aries, Aries do have this warmth and this ability to make you feel comfortable in their presence. I think, and I don't know if that's just a general thing we could say about Aries, or if. You know, I feel especially warmed up by them being a Libra, but I feel like that fire energy that Aries brings, like there is like this quality of like, yeah, and like getting getting amped up about something and you you, it's easy to sort of like get into it with them. And so they do they do have this ability to there's that charisma that I think Aries gets maybe from being opposite Libra, like being able to pull in some of that charisma that we normally associate with Libra, I think Aries really does have it. Um, but they, they have it in a way that is just so genuine. 
And um, yeah, I, I, I think Libras need Aries and Aries need Libras. Yeah. And then just to go back to the point you're making, Randon, about it's not just, um, you know, Mars is not always the one that's like severing or separating things, but because Libra represents the concept of like two or of duality, there is a separation inherent in Libra in and of itself as well, essentially, right? Yeah, I think so. But it's just so ironic because it's ruled by Venus and we're all about cohesion and things kind of coming together. And then Aries gets all of the heat, I think, uh, when I feel like Libra, Libra does some bad stuff uh, in terms of like the world <laughs> politics. Yeah, there can be some contentiousness there as well and some some opposition sort of acting to Libra or Libra acting in the opposition category or in um, pulling things apart. So maybe part of that is just sometimes we have two one-dimensional view of the nature of like Venus and the Venus archetype when especially like in ancient astrology and different types of astrology you had like the morning star Venus versus like the evening star Venus and sometimes that concept of the morning star Venus being more warlike in some ways and and playing the role that we traditionally ascribe to Mars. Yeah, this makes me think about the role of Libra as a mediator too. Like a mediator is being like a bridge, someone who's trying to bridge two things that seem to be very separate or different. And that makes me think too about how like in terms of the astrological glyphs, something all the air signs share is that there seem to be like these two currents so like in the Gemini symbol, there's like the two pillars. And then in Aquarius, you have like the two wavelengths. And then with Libra, you have what sort of looks like a sunset. Um, but like either way, you have like these different currents that make me think about maybe like the different sides of the brain or like a two-way street or a two-way conversation. And it's like, how do we get these things to, to relate or come into cohesion sort of thing? Yeah. That makes sense. And and just that relating or communication requires more than one person to exist, like in order to talk to somebody or or to have the whole purpose of developing words and communication and the ability to communicate is to convey something to another party, whether it's a one-on-one -on -one communication or whether you're communicating with a group, it's really the air signs that develop something in order to bring people together, but they do it through words and concepts and ideas, as well as creating structures around that, which is creating social conventions and different things like that. Yeah. I mean, the air element is, it's a triangle. It's symbolized by the triangle pointing up just like fire. So there's like an elevation quality with air. There's a stimulation quality with air. And yeah. So I think that that's what like the, con the, element of communication is about is like, you know, sh the exchange of ideas and how that can be stimulating. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, brilliant. Well, um, I think so we're about two hours and 20 minutes. So this is probably one of the longer episodes I've done on the signs of the Zodiac, but I think it was worth it. And we covered a lot of ground today. So thank you both for, for joining me. This was great. Thanks, Chris. Yeah. It's awesome to be here. Thanks. Yeah, so uh, I wanted to ask both of you where what you're working on and where people can find out more information about your work. Uh, Catherine, you do consultations and other things through your website? 
Yeah, I offer one-on-one consultations for, yeah, like natal predictive work. And I also uh, offer horary. That's another one I'm pretty big into these days. And yeah, that's, I guess you can find me at my website, katherineurban.com. That's where you can book with me. And I'm on all platforms at Astro Catherine. So I'm on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. Brilliant. And you've been killing it lately with the um, forecasts on your YouTube channel and, and just pumping out like a ton of great astrology videos and stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. I love the forecast. And um, yeah, so we've been doing like these little short videos to cover like some of the more important aspects. So yeah, I'm still keeping up with those. And that's what I got going on. I don't have anything big coming out in the near future other than this baby. <laughs> so yeah, that's why I don't have anything like super big to promote right now is because I'm just I'm just kind of keeping up with the with the bread and butter right now because I have uh, a new baby coming. Awesome. Well, I look forward to hearing what uh, what birth chart they end up with and maybe you know future episodes of the podcast. We'll have to invite them on as a guest. Yeah. <laughs> Find out their moon sign. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Once you know for sure, do an interview about the birth chart. Okay. We'll <laughs> we'll post we'll save that for a possible later like episode in the four hundreds or something. Cool. <laughs> um all right. Uh Randon, what do you have going on and what do, what do you offer? Um, so I have my Substack, which is just goodhorsecope.substack.com. And I also am making a telegram channel. Uh, which is just good horoscope on Telegram. And then this way I send everything that I'm writing. I mostly just write right now and I'm trying to move my practice more into the real space. Um, I do offer online consultations, but I'm thinking about soon only keeping those to people that I've already spoken with and focusing more on building community on the ground, like in person is what I'm moving towards now. And you live in Berlin, right? Yeah, I'm in Germany. So I want to kind of connect with people here in Europe and um, also the people that I've already connected with over the past, like, however many years of consulting online. But I really want to do something in person. I'm, yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, what is your website? Oh, it's uh, randongabrielle.com. And um, that's just going to have links to absolutely everything, I think. And just click through. <laughs> okay, awesome. Well, I'll put links to both of your websites in the description below this video on YouTube or on the astrologypodcast.com website in the entry for this episode so that people can check out both of your pages and find out more information about you. Um, awesome. Well, I think that's it for this episode. Thanks, both of you, for joining me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah, as always. Thanks so much, Chris, for having us. I wish I wish we could record for like another like two hours. I know. I absolutely <laughs> would keep going, but I know for my editor's sake, we'll we'll cut it off here and maybe we'll do yeah. a, we'll do a part two on Libra maybe next year during the next Libra season. Uh maybe <laughs> Okay. It, I think there's that. gonna be eclipses in Libra next season, isn't it? Uh -oh. Okay, that's true. Actually the nodes are gonna shift in there uh next year, so maybe that would call for a follow-up. Mm, possible. Well, to, to be continued. All right, everyone, thanks for watching or listening to this episode of the Astrology Podcast, and we'll see you again next time. Special thanks to all the patrons that helped to support the production of this episode of the podcast through our page on patreon.com. In particular, shout out to the patrons on our producers tier, including Thomas Miller, Catherine Conroy, Christy Moe, Ariana Amour, Mandy Ray, 
Angelique Nambo, Issa Sabah, Jake Otero, Mimi Stargazer, and Jean-Marie Kaplan. If you like the work that I'm doing here on the podcast and you would like to find a way to support it, then please consider becoming a patron through my page on patreon.com. And in exchange, you'll get access to bonus content, such as early access to new episodes, the ability to attend the live recording of the Month Ahead forecast each month, access to a private monthly auspicious elections report that we put out each month, access to exclusive episodes that are only available for patrons, or you can also get your name listed in the credits at the end of each episode. For more information, go to patreon.com astrologypodcast. The main software we use here on the podcast to look at astrological charts is called Solar Fire for Windows, which is available at alabe.com, and you can use the promo code AP15 to get a 15% discount. For Mac users, we use a similar set of software by the same programming team called AstroGold for Mac OS, which is available from astrogold.io, and you can use the promo code ASTROPODCAST15 to get a 15% discount on that as well. If you would like to learn more about the approach to astrology that I outline on the podcast, then you should check out my book titled Hellenistic Astrology, The Study of Fate and Fortune, where I traced the origins of Western astrology and reconstructed the original system that was developed about 2,000 years ago. And in this book, I outline basic concepts, but also take you into intermediate and advanced techniques for reading a birth chart, including some timing techniques. So you can find out more about the book at hellenisticastrology.com book. The book pairs very well with my online course on ancient astrology called the Hellenistic Astrology Course, which has over 100 hours of video lectures where I go into detail about teaching you how to read a birth chart and showing hundreds of example charts in order to really demonstrate how the techniques work in practice. So find out more information about that at theastrologyschool.com. Finally, special thanks to our sponsors, including The Mountain Astrologer magazine, available at mountainastrologer.com, and The Honeycomb Collective Personal Astrological Almanacs and Calendars, available at honeycomb.co.